This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the manly, manly Warthog Man Cave inside. Well, the Mellon Law Studio, protected by crime prevention 24-7-365, in the piney woods of north-central Florida, God's country, where we are really enjoying a premature summer. I mean, we'll get into the weather at the bottom of the hour break, but my golly, we're up nudging 90 yesterday, and the grass is growing, got a little rain, so we're in pretty good shape as far as the cattle go and what they like to eat. They're having a great time. Uh, we've got a great show for you today if you're one of the ones who likes the truth. Um, if you're one of the ones who likes to tune in and hear, I think the only place you can hear an analysis of what we're about to go through this hour. Um, you, you won't see this in this depth anywhere else addressed the way I'm going to do it. And the other thing that you're going to hear is a professor of writing talk about the writing of a legal brief. And when writing stands up under my scrutiny, believe me, it is well, well written. I've got a built-in BS detector. I can smell it. I can see it. I can taste it. I can cure it within seconds of a presentation. It's just something you learn to do as someone who analyzes words. Words reveal everything. And of course, Words can also be used to hide everything. And we've talked about that, how the left has mastered writing a narrative that is essentially coded. And if you don't know the code, you don't really know what they're saying. Uh, So language can be written to clear up and uh, language can be written to obscure or make difficult to clear up. I think this is a fascinating case for the community. There's more community interest in this case because so many things hinge on the SWAT team raid of the real estate office Colliers International. And by that, I mean what we're about to go through with you on this show can be used against the police. It can be used by all those who want to defund the police as a bunch of keystone cops who are out of control, believe me, there's enough material here for those people. And there is also enough material here for those who are police to be ashamed of the bad apples and want to prove that there are many, many more good policemen than there are the reckless renegade policemen. And the thing that really is going to puzzle you here is how high up the alleged, I'll use that word, ineptness goes. You draw your own conclusions when you are finished with this hour. Now, we will be posting what I'm going to go through with you on Ward's Hot Bulletin Board 
just after the show. And we'll also be putting this show up as soon as practicable, given the other jobs that the production crew has to do. So it'll be there and you can share it as much as you want to, because this is really going to be another chapter in a story that's still unfolding. That when we get to the end of it, uh, you're going to uh, discover a lot of things about this community. We've already been through uh, a certain portion of it, and we've seen Boss Hart pay dearly for of their part in all this. So we're going to, first of all, show you, and it's going to be dated um, back when the police, in the form of Tony Jones, who was the chief then, made a statement about the heavy-handedness of the raid on Colliers International. This is a, an unusual uh, presentation by the police. They felt so much pressure that GPD had to do something, and they do what Jones does. You'll hear it. I'll go over verbally, too, after you hear it. And then, of course, we'll take you down memory lane briefly just to show you the SWAT team raid. All of this is in a uh, public media presentation, which Jones used to try to exonerate themselves. So production, uh, let's uh, run uh, Mr. Jones, Chief Jones at that time, uh, and then also the uh, raid. A little Hello, I'm Chief Tony Jones of the Gainesville Police Department. This community briefing is intended to provide information about the use of the Special Weapons and Tactic Team, known as SWAT, on June the 2nd, 2021, at the Colliers International Office located at 107 Southwest 7th Street. You're about to see relevant video footage and learn about the police procedures related to the case so that you can understand what occurred based on the completed investigation. The Gainesville Police Department Internal Affairs Division conduct very thorough investigations which typically require investigators to interview multiple witnesses, view numerous hours of video footage, and analyze significant amount of evidence. Due to the ongoing criminal investigation, we cannot cover any aspect of the open case per Florida state statutes. This video will address the service of the search warrant by our SWAT team. The Gainesville Police Department is a committed community policing agency who believes in transparency with our neighbors. The images in the video are dynamic and involve officers dressed in tactical gear. Viewer 2021 at 925 hours, the Gainesville Police Department SWAT team, in coordination with the Detectives Division, served the search warrant at 107 Southwest 7th Street. Doors open. Gainesville Police Department, we have a search warrant. Come to the front door. At 925 a.m., the officers began knocking on the door and announcing that there was a search warrant. Come out. Search warrant. Come out. Talk to me. This allows anyone inside the business to voluntarily exit the building. Hands up! Gainesville Police Department search warrant. Come outside. 
At 9.26 a.m., individuals voluntarily came down the stairs and exited the building. An officer is giving verbal commands. All three individuals were detained in flex cuffs. You're not being arrested, just detained, okay? Any weapons on you? No, ma'am. Okay. You're not being arrested, okay? Okay. Hey, we're going to detain you. We're going to dis discuss the nature of why we're here and get the paperwork for release, okay, sir? Hands up, mind the back. After three minutes of making announcements with no response, the team entered the building. At this point of the search warrant process, there are no other individuals inside the building. Florida statute mandates that the police department reads the entire warrant to the occupants. The warrant gave the police department the right to take all electronic devices from the location as evidence, and not just the items from the individuals named in the search warrant. Additional instructions were given to the individuals that were detained about the property being collected as evidence and the ways in which the owners could later retrieve their property. All evidence collected during a search warrant cannot be released without explicit written permission by a judge through a court process. While Detective Pinkston reads the warrant, Officer Kamig is seen removing the flex cuffs from all three individuals. This is at 9.40 a.m. The total length that all the individuals were in handcuffs was approximately 14 to 15 minutes total. Detective Ronald A. Pinkston and officers with the above agencies, with such lawful assistance may, as may be necessary, are hereby commanded in the daytime or the nighttime or on Sunday or as the exigencies of the occasion may demand to enter the said residence and then and there to search diligently for said property described in this warrant. And if the same or any part there be found on said premises, you are hereby authorized to seize, search, and secure the same and to conduct a further search on-site or off-site for the information to be seized. GBD's SWAT team left the scene approximately 20 minutes after the service of the search warrant, at which point the scene was then turned over to detectives. All three individuals that were detained were allowed to move to the company conference room. While the detectives collected the evidence, six other individuals arrived at the business and were asked to join the individuals in the conference room, where they remained until the completion of the search warrant at 11.33 a.m. The total time for the warrant to be executed was two hours and nine minutes from the time the search warrant was served until the location was released back to the employees of Colliers International. Right. We are done. We are free to do whatever you want. Thank you for being patient and cooperative. Sorry for any inconveniences. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Take care. The internal affairs investigation of this incident revealed that the GPD SWAT team followed the established protocols and policies for approval of the utilization of the SWAT team in the execution of the warrant. In All right. All right. I think we're back live now. Thank you very much for production uh, running that um, trip down memory lane. You hear um, then Chief Tony Jones, who is still on the payroll, by the way, uh, for the Gainesville City Commission doesn't see fit to, I don't know, move him somewhere into the police force. I, we're not sure what he's doing, uh, but he's still getting him a handsome salary. Uh, we have Lonnie Scott now, the chief, and uh, but I'm going to go through with you now. I have a copy. Uh, this is something you won't hear anywhere else. 
Um, you're going to hear my mind do the analysis of this writing. I'm eminently qualified to do this, a professor emeritus uh, of exactly that writing. And I've taught many, many students who've become lawyers. And um, even now they ask me to maybe uh, consult with them once in a while about some grammatical issues that are uh, useful. You have to be very precise uh, when you, and this is very, very clearly written. Uh, this is written by Jeff Childers, who is the lawyer for uh, Jason Hurst, Nicola Moreland, and Bennett Harrell. Uh, they are the plaintiffs, and uh, they are versing the city of Gainesville, Detective Ronald A. Pinkston, and the SWAT team commander, Lieutenant M. West. You see Pinkston reading this warrant, the gray-haired guy there, uh, very seriously and uh, uh, um, thoroughly, I suppose you'd say. So what has happened now since uh, Jason Hurst, Nicola Moreland, and Bennett Harrell hired Jeff Chilters to uh, sue the city of Gainesville, Detective Pinkston, and uh, uh, SWAT Team Commander Lieutenant West uh, as a civil rights violation of their civil rights under Amendment 4. Uh, Amendment 14 also comes into it, and I'll go through all this with you, uh, and I'll proceed to do this and uh, comment on it as we go. Um, the uh, introduction of uh, Mr. Childers' presentation um, is that for reasons not apparent uh, uh, to the uh, the, the civil dispute of modest proportions escalated into a criminal prosecution. Now, this is the crux of the matter. There is a precedent for this, Park versus State, uh, out of 1996, which uh, uh, Clark won. Uh, the reasons why uh, this modest civil dispute in this case you just saw escalated into a high-intensity SWAT raid on an ordinary law-abiding uh, uh, commercial real estate brokerage uh, are unclear. And this is why this case is still great of great interest to the public and local citizens, because everyone realizes this could have been them. And I have a pronoun error there. Everyone should be he or she. All the people who are aware of this, to make the pronouns fit, all of them realize this could have been them. Uh, they're not particularly, these people bringing this suit are not even employees of, of this Collier's Internet. They just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and got treated the way they did. That's the introduction to this case. Uh, the defendants best arguments, which you just heard, uh, are not going to get the job done, argues Childers. Now, this use of force and violation of ordinary constitutional rights is going to cost the city of Gainesville and these particular cops if Childers prevails. And in my humble, uh, uh, in, in my humble opinion, and you know I'm never wrong, uh, Childers will prevail. And the community 
will then have an issue. What do you do with the Gainesville Police Department? A, and B, what do you do with the incompetence of the whole city of Gainesville under whose charge the Gainesville Police Department exists? So uh, in this case, uh, this is the argument. Uh, This is an improper search warrant. It has used excessive force. It has unreasonably, this is very, very poignant. It has unreasonably and without justification pointed a military-style firearm at, at the plaintiffs. Let me tell you something. One of our sponsors is Shoot GTR. I have been a range officer. I go to the range. That will get you kicked off the range permanently. And if I'm the range officer, you are not ever going to get back on that range. That's how serious this is. You never, ever do that unless you intend to shoot it. Now, just because they're the cops doesn't give them, and you'll hear this argument, immunity from this misuse of the trust we give them to carry these military-style firearms. And I like the phrase military-style because this is what Biden keeps complaining about, is military-style firearms. Anyway, let's continue. And also, improperly seizing personal property without any probable cause in violation of the plaintiff's fourth and fourteenth rights, constitutional rights. And the search warrant was improperly attained, and therefore these plaintiffs were falsely imprisoned and assaulted. Now, you just saw, we just played it for you. You put yourself in the shoes. Now, remember, these were people who were in the wrong place at the wrong time, which could have been you, could have been me, could have been your mother, could have been your wife. Now, the Fourth Amendment is a constitutional amendment that protects the citizens of the United States against unreasonable searches, issues of warrants must have a probable cause. Okay? I don't see how they can be excused from a violation of this Fourth Amendment, but we'll see how this plays out in the community and the courtroom. Furthermore, This is an overwhelming use of force. And Childers is arguing that a reasonable jury will find of this use of force by this GPD police force unreasonable. And I'm looking at the chat comments, and I believe if you're the jury, you've already 
found this use of force unreasonable, which is an interesting kind of litmus test we're doing here and kind of an unofficial jury vote here. Now, specifically, how did the warrant get made, okay? How did the warrant get obtained? Well, let's go through that as with children's. Detective Pinkston, this is a very serious allegation here, knowingly, knowingly made false statements in the affidavit regarding this issue of access to the so-called trade secrets, which were in the so-called boss heart files. These resulted in material misrepresentations that Pinkston presented to the court. And the allegation here is that Pinkston knew they were false. Detective Pinkston's predecessor in the investigation was explicitly informed that Lauren Edwards, who was employed by Colliers, had Boss Hart's approval to access the files for nearly five months after leaving the employment of Boss Hart. And it can be demonstrated by exhibits, Exhibit F in this case, that Edwards' access and ability to download these files was permitted by Boss Hart for six months after the alleged criminal conduct in the search warrant affidavit occurred. Pinkston knew this. And although Detective Pinkston, and I'm quoting from the I'm quoting from the document, which is 6,400 words long. Although Pinkston mischaracterized these facts, he mischaracterized them as having occurred later. Therefore, he intentionally misled the state court to believe a crime may have occurred. The whole definition of a trade secret is mercurial, to say the least. It is never been designed to apply to real estate. There is one precedent for this having been applied to real estate, and that application was ruled completely uh, uh, not appropriate, and the court threw that case out. The Trade secret files are not secret. And in particular, this case of Bosshart voluntarily gave the brokers copies of the files and full access to the app files system, and Pinkston knew this. In fact, it is a basic principle of trade secret law, so writes Childers, that allowing a former employee to maintain continued access 
to purported trade secret material after employment precludes any claim that the material continue to maintain trade secret status. Pinkston knew this or uh, must have known the basic principle in order to enunciate probable cause existed. Now, let's focus on this. This is just about Hearst. This is just about the innocent bystanders. This is a civil case against those people, uh, the use of force against the innocent bystanders. This is a whole different matter from that which has been settled in the uh, real estate uh, criminal case. This is a civil case, so I want to make that emphasis clear. So, in other words, this is a whole new ballgame, a whole different injury, a different injury completely to people who should not have been injured. So, that becomes uh, one of the cruxes of this case. And the point is that if you're going to be irresponsible with the truth as an officer, as a police officer, then you need to be held responsible. So the central core of the criminal charge was a trade secret theft. We know that. We're talking about what it led, what it bled over into for those people who were not involved with that at all. So Kingston either knew the facts and should have been more discretionary with the application of the facts is the argument here. However, he was reckless with this truth. And in so doing, the physical safety of innocent bystanders was jeopardized. Nowhere does this search warrant affidavit really entitle, if you will, Pinkston to take the cell phones and personal data and keep it, furthermore, for so long of individuals who were not involved in the case. Um, Furthermore, trade secrets are not secret because they are public advertisements for sales, uh, and they become the property of the sales associate. And uh, there's only one case in the state criminal trade secret reported in Florida uh, related to real estate deals, Art versus State, uh, uh, that uh, argued this, made this argument, and uh, the court uh, ruled in favor of, of the real estate office. So. Let's pause and make sure you understand where we are. We saw Tony Jones, the chief, make a comment justifying the behavior, the overreach of the police department. We saw the SWAT team raid a real estate office and point military-style weapons at uh, people who were on the search warrant That's a whole other argument. And as well at people who were not on the search warrant, who were also 
zip tied and treated as if they were, and whose personal belongings were taken. Um, this is uh, uh, remains curious as to how this civil dispute of modest proportions in the first place escalated into a criminal prosecution. But this case is about, once it did, how it violated the civil rights of people who were not at all involved. Um, We're going to take a break here at the bottom of the hour uh, and uh, come back and go through the rest of this argument for you because we want to get into, as the attorney does, how in the world did a SWAT matrix get go to the extreme on a commercial real estate business? And you're going to find out something that you may not have known before. I want to get back and talk about it a little more thoroughly. That is even more interesting once you know this additional detail, which comes out in what I'm about to share with you. So... Uh, the the material omissions by Pinkston uh, resulted, if you will, uh, in the establishment of the search warrant and made the search warrant improper. The quote here used in a case by the attorney is a search warrant may be voided if the affidavit supporting the warrant contains deliberate falsity or reckless disregard for the truth including material omissions. You're right back on the Ward Scott file. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. 
board, that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth. All bees poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pat him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Now for the weather brought to you by Lewis Oil. Welcome back to Ward Scott Files. Ward's weather report brought to you by Lewis Oil Chevron Stations. Thank you so much. Man, I'm telling you, we have got a 68, 70 degree about that right now here at the Warthog Command Center and about up to almost 90 today, 87, but you know, it'll feel warmer than that. It might even be 90 on your thermometer where you are, or maybe even warmer. Um, meanwhile, the rest of the world, uh, world, West Coast is really, it, it's a double edged sword though, because while they're snowed in and can't get out of their houses, um, and then when this melts, there'll be a flood risk. But boy, they have sure been needing the water. And what this water is going to do in California is completely erase the, dr- the drought situation in California. Um, the uh, Nevertheless, the drought, once it eases out there in the West, is still going to be one of the worst droughts on record. Isn't it strange how one of the worst droughts on record has brought, if you will, one of the worst snowstorms on record, or maybe best, depending upon, remember the old sailor adage, there never is an ill wind that doesn't blow somebody a good. So um, the uh, central part of the U.S. is still going to be affected by storms. But the real double-edged blessing here uh, is the effect of uh, the drought and the huge amounts of snow, which will melt and become water in California. Well, 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 we are going through. I'm going through with you. Um, let me refresh you make sure you understand what this is about. Um, the case, the criminal case, um, that was settled, okay? We'll get into that a little bit later on another show, but uh, this show we're focusing on uh, the lawsuit brought against the city and against particular people in the city of Gainesville and the law enforcement world um, that uh, um, against innocent bystanders in the case who ended up having military-style weapons pointed at them, zip-tied, and their personal belongings taken. Uh, and this has become uh, something that is going to have to be uh, uh, you know, reckoned with, and it's going to be another problem, uh, not only uh, for the individuals, but for the municipality of uh, the city of Gainesville. Now, the city of Gainesville is in enough financial trouble as it is, but uh, the, uh, the excessive use of force since the GPD, remember this, operates under the city of Gainesville. And if you want proof of it, the city manager just told the police chief, Lonnie Scott, to not use the canine dogs after Lonnie Scott said we're going to resume using the canine dogs. So that alone shows you, if you're just out there in the public, um, trying to understand municipal codes and laws and uh, government models that uh, the city of Gainesville, the city is ultimately responsible for the behavior of its police department and the people within it. So the municipality is on the hook 
uh, for the excessive use of force claim, especially where plaintiffs can show, and there's precedent for this, that constitutional rights have been violated or that the municipality has a custom or a policy that is deliberately indifferent to constitutional rights. Now, usually you'll hear constitutional right violations used in a case like George Floyd, where the uh, individual who was arrested was black, particularly then if the police officer is white, uh, you'll have that exaggerated perhaps or actually act appropriately applied. It depends upon the jury to straight figure that out. You've got a recent case of this in Memphis. Uh, and um, here uh, you have it uh, a mixed bag. Jason Hurst is a minority. Uh, a couple of them are minorities. Others are not. So uh, this is uh, uh, a constitutional right violation that you and I enjoy, uh, notwithstanding uh, any race or gender issue. It's just that we have a right to be protected against unreasonable searches and excessive use of violence and, or threats of violence. And in this case, uh, the responsibility ultimately falls directly on the city and down through its chiefs and down through the people they appoint in positions of power. Now, we do remember from other uh, 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 documents that we've seen that Pinkston always blamed Bosshart for the information about the trade secrets. And essentially, Bosshart, we have this on War Top Bulletin Board, paid for uh, the research on trade secrets and the cops just accepted it. That really doesn't excuse them. Uh, they are still responsible for validating, and it's unheard of for a party to the suit uh, to be also supplying the cops with evidence against their the party to the suit's opponent. So that's a whole nother matter, and that's going to be, of course, relevant. Uh, this is about how this affected uh, the individuals here who were not, uh, uh, you know, employees of this real estate outfit. So the internal procedures, let's get to the SWAT matrix, governing when a SWAT uh, team should be used are, uh, uh, involves high-risk warrants. <clears throat> now, uh, the officer who originally made out the, uh, the uh, um, matrix Detective West overruled the investigating detective's evaluation. The investigating detective's evaluation of this particular warrant being served was that SWAT was not needed and proceeded to fill out the SWAT search matrix in a manner that ensured uh, the use of SWAT. So West overruled at investigating detectives' evaluation that SWAT was not needed and insured, and insured is going to mean making those numbers so that justified it, uh, the internal affairs report that followed the execution of the search warrant found that the use of SWAT had become a fairly standard practice. A fairly standard practice is another way, and you saw this in, in uh, Tony Jones, uh, that the city of Gainesville had a policy or practice that the argument here on behalf of these plaintiffs deliberately showed an indifferent attitude for the constitutional rights of these plaintiffs 
who were not the subject of the search warrant or criminal investigation. That is very damning. Very damning. The city of Gainesville, in this behavior by them, and this public statement, which we showed you before I went into this analysis, suggests, does it not, and is so stated in this this suit, that the policy or practice by the city of Gainesville showed a deliberate indifference for people like these plaintiffs. This was a white-collar crime to start with. It was related to computer access. And never for one moment had any physical component. Furthermore, this is interesting. You maybe didn't know this before. The Gainesville Police Department, are you ready for this? The Gainesville Police Department surveyed, in other words, staked out, surveilled, surveillance, surveillance. The Collier's property, are you ready for this? For three hours before the raid. Now, do you know what that means? That means in the darkness. Because the raid itself was early in the morning. So you back up three hours from that. For three hours, the Gainesville Police Department staked out the real estate office. Surely, so writes the attorney, if there are any legitimate concerns for the safety of the officers on the scene, it would have been put to rest during the stakeout. This was not a potentially dangerous private compound. There were there's not the potential for children to be present. The office really didn't have any history of violence. There was no good reason to suspect that there were firearms in the real estate office. They staked it out for three hours. So the police, the cops, knew that the premises were ordinary commercial real estate office open to the public. And there was no reason to believe children would be there. There was nothing to suggest that the premises were dangerous. None of the people had a history of violence. None of the plaintiffs in this lawsuit had a history of violence, even a criminal history. The use of the SWAT in the first place was unnecessary and unreasonable. There was no reason to do that. 
Even the investigating officer, Pinkston, didn't believe the use of SWAT was reasonable. But West gets involved. Matrix gets expanded. The definition of trade secrets gets provided by provided by a party to the suit. The entire search is unreasonable. But the most damning, frightening thing is the pointing of firearms, military-style firearms, directly at people who would be unable to escape or avoid this immediate threat of deadly force. God forbid one of them had a pacemaker or heart problems. God forbid. There was no justification for this use of force unless there was a perceived risk of injury or danger to the cops themselves. And not only did they point the firearm loaded directly at the people, but they did it. When you have a, a gun pointed at you, if it's for one second, it seems like one year. So there's no basis whatsoever for the GPD SWAT team to enter the business pointing loaded, ready-to-fire assault weapons at people sitting there cooperating. Especially after they staked the place out for three hours. Now, this is not going to be easy for the city of Gainesville, I would think. I'm never wrong to make further excuses for. This is not a crime involving possession of illegal weapons or drugs, and there's never a safety threat to the officers, and none of the plaintiffs even who were caught up in this madness resisted or attempted to flee. Furthermore, the cops were completely familiar with the site. I'm reading all this from Childers' brief. The cops were completely familiar with the site and had no reasonable reason to believe that there would be any resistance. Now, you're the jury. You tell me what you what you think. I mean, I'm just looking at the chat line. It's amazing. Now, let's talk about something that is very interesting. There has been the discussion in excessive use of force cases by cops against civilians in other places than this town, wherein the argument has been made 
that the cops should not be protected from abusive behavior by what is called qualified immunity. Every cop has a shield known as qualified immunity. However, it has been held in court. And this is very interesting. It's why you need to know your adjectives. Qualified is an adjective modifying the noun immunity, which means it restricts the definition of the noun. It restricts the definition of the noun. Qualified beings, there are certain behaviors that you have to be demonstrating in order to be protected by qualified immunity. And if you violate those behaviors, those criteria, then you lose your qualified immunity. The argument here is that these cops have lost their qualified immunity. And if I understand that correctly, that means that they are individually exposed. Qualified immunity, Mr. Childers writes, as the team implies, is not absolute. And if an officer deliberately makes material false statements in an arrest affidavit, that officer is not entitled to qualified immunity. This real estate office Furthermore, there was no probable cause to seize the personal electronic devices of the plaintiffs. Now, this is pretty interesting. When you snatch somebody's personal cell phone, okay, who is not involved, not on the warrant, and keep it, and keep it, and keep it particularly. Think about this. 90%, at least 90% of your life and my life now is a digital record of nearly every aspect of our lives on a cell phone. And when the Cops take your cell phone. They are able to scrutinize everything on that cell phone, including things that are not relevant to their alleged seizure of the phone. And the analogy here that a judge in a previous case has said is that seizing electronics is like ransacking someone's house. It is totally different, so writes the judge, totally different thing to search a man's pockets and use that against him for what they contain from ransacking his house 
for everything which may incriminate him. That's a wonderful analogy. That's basically what a cell phone seizure does. Ransacks the house. In this case of plaintiffs who were merely bystanders and were not named in the warrant. Their property, at the very minimum, should have been returned immediately, but it was retained for months and months. That could have been you. That could have been me. Could have been your mother. Could have been your daughter. Could have been your neighbor. The crux of the matter is that the city of Gainesville did not have control of the behavior of its police department. Now, this is not a dog biting case. This is much, much bigger. In a dog biting case, we've got an actual felon who doesn't comply, who runs from the law, and the dog is used to keep the cop from being shot or shooting the felon or the suspect. Here we have the cops pointing guns at people who are complying. Think about it. That's the crux of the matter. The cops not only pointed guns, they pointed semi-automatic. And I don't even want to tell you what round it is and how many were in the magazine and how many magazines there were and how many semi-automatic weapons. They could have riddled, the cops could have riddled that place. It would have looked like, I mean, come on. If they opened up, I mean, let me tell you something. When you open up one of those weapons and start pumping it, everybody on the range knows what you're doing. And if you got, I don't know how many guys, I've forgotten, 16 guys in that squad team? I can't remember. And they all open up? Oh, my God. Are you, you know what you're talking about? Do you have any idea what you're talking about there? It's incredible. So the city's on the hook for this. Arbitrary and capricious behavior of the SWAT matrix thing, the behavior of the SWAT team. Um, or a white-collar, nonviolent crime and bystanders with no criminal history in a professional office open to the public, just summarizing what Childer says, after it was staked out for three hours. Are you kidding me? There's no defense that the behavior of these officers that a reasonable jury could conclude that their conduct wasn't wrongful. It's incredible that they would even have that presentation. Production, let's round this off by showing again what we showed at the beginning. 
the city making excuses for itself. You compare what you're about to hear, what I just went through. All righty. I think we're going to run it here in a minute. Are you with me, production? Okay. Time to get rid of that junk. Garbage, yard waste, construction debris. It just keeps piling up. Don't hire a huge industrial dumpster service. Call Bin There Dump That. We'll deliver a residential-friendly bin directly to your project today. Clean, green, and the right size for the job. A civil lawsuit has been filed against the city of Gainesville and the police department after a SWAT raid at a real estate office. Employees of Colliers International filed the suit in response to a GPD SWAT raid June 2nd, 2022. GPD investigators believe trade secrets were stolen by Collier employees from Boss Hart Real Estate. The Collier employees who were detained but not involved in the dispute say the SWAT raid was unreasonable, unjustified, and involved a disproportionate use of force. Three five two delivery is Gainesville. We're out, out of time, so uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, maybe we had to rewind it on a bunch of other things. But anyway, you can go back and see that we'll have to show up in a little bit. And you can go back and see that at the beginning of the show. We'll also be posting this document uh, out on the uh, uh, Wartop Bulletin Board. And um, uh, we hope that this has been a, a good class for you today. Um, you're the you're the guy of the community. Uh, you'll watch this, make up your own mind about it. And uh, we'll see how it goes from there. It's um, still unfolding. Uh, it is going to be interesting. The City of Gainesville, to summarize, tried to get this dismissed. Um, they wanted to sweep this under the rug. And this is a response by the attorneys for the plaintiffs who are the innocent bystanders saying, no, we're not going to dismiss it. You owe us a bunch for what you put us through. So uh, have a great day. Warthog Command Center out. This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps.